Welcome, beautiful being, to the Gaia Goddess Podcast. I am your host and founder, Maria Marshall. Each episode, we explore the transformational journey of women entrepreneurs, healers, and experts as they share their insightful stories and wisdom with a world of modern-day goddesses. Check out our community and free online content at GaiaGoddessLifestyle.com. Laura, I am so excited you're here with us tonight. Launch of Gaia Goddess. Thank you so much for agreeing to come and speak. I'm so excited. This is so much fun. Well, this is so much in alignment with our mission, which is to empower women. And so I'd like you to speak a little bit about why you're so passionate about teaching people how to tune in and tap into their own intuitive skills and how that's going to help women. So intuition actually makes you independent because it's what you're not looking for that allows you to see out of the box and have an advantage. And I think that um, women have been taught traditionally to use their intuition either in very mystical ways um, or in in ways that aren't seen, like what does everyone in my family need? What does my community need? And I think it's so important that that women learn to use their intuition to get the data, to start with self, to be successful. And then they cannot do all the rest of it, which we do anyway, even better. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you say that men and women are equally intuitive. Actually, I say men traditionally are more intuitive. Okay, that's because, interesting. <laughs> because women are encouraged to be emotional. And that's one thing that I teach women is that you can use your intuition in ways that are practical and life-growing and life-fulfilling and are for self. And because, of course, if you start with a strong self, you can give to others. Men traditionally have been taught to use their intuition uh, in business, in getting ahead, making a place for themselves, in war. I mean, if you live through a war, you're an intuitive. Um, So they've trained, men have trained intuition better than women have, mm-hmm. uh, or certainly in a more uh, survivalist way. I think that we now have the opportunity to put those two together as women, to use our intuition to be able to uh, be the voices. Because, uh, I mean, we do live in a world where um, money is power and money talks. So to be able to to move ahead in the world and then take that that wonderful interconnectedness that I do still think is very unique to women mm-hmm. and and make the world big enough to accommodate us all, which it should. Yes. And how did you first start using your intuition for your investments? Because I know you predicted um, 2008 and you got out, but like, was this something you also studied investment financial no, literacy no. or did you just like swing a pendulum to, and pick a stock? I did not have to, <laughs> I didn't even know how to write a check at the time. Um, no, I um, actually, I was uh, in the early 80s. I allowed myself to be tested. So I allowed when I, I stumbled into it synchronistically, I saw something on TV about a group that was, was testing ESP. And I said, oh, wow, maybe I'm not crazy. Can't everyone do this? So I became a test subject. And um, then when I had my son uh, more than a decade later, I thought, how am I going to, um, how am I going to make a living and still do this? And at the time I would, uh, I would 
travel to different places and use my intuition to predict for different companies. Um, so I was, I was working with a, a currency trader and I said, I'm going to have to stop doing this in the morning. I, I mean, I was just working, you know, kind of just chatting because as women, I think we really underestimate our skills. So this was something you call me every morning. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, what do you think the Mark's going to do? This is before the Euro. Um, I'm dating myself. And I would predict for him. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, one morning I said, you know, I can't do this anymore. I've really got to get a job. I've just had a baby and left my husband pretty much the same day. And mm-hmm. I've got to make real, real money. And he said, oh, I'll hire you. I said, to do what? He said, what you do every morning. And it recontextualized for me um, the value of, of my ability, which until then I had really mostly been giving away mm. um, as again, women tend to do it, it contextualized it for me. And, um, and that was the beginning of working with uh, working with big companies and actually getting compensated appropriately for it. Um, I don't tend to predict for myself because the mind's a messy place and we have Mm -hmm. hopes and we have fears. And I like the letter B. So if a company starts with the letter B, I'm biased. You know, (laughs) I like the letter S. Um, But when you're, you know, one of the things that prediction um, does when you don't know about something is it forces you to follow your attention once you have a question. Mm -hmm. So, so that is really, um, I don't use it for my own investment. I mean, I stumble into it like the mm-hmm. morning I woke up and thought, oh my God, I have to sell everything or the purchase of my properties, for example, my my home in Tribeca, which I thought, oh, I should buy this even though no one lives here. And now it's, but but basically we are all better predicting for someone else. Mm-hmm. You know, I found that to be true yeah. for myself. And well, we get the, tangled in our fears and yes. our hopes and our, you know, we are held together by our patterns, but our patterns also limit us. Yeah. And that was going to be one of my questions. Was there a way to sidestep, you know, your maybe um, investment in an, in an answer and still use your intuition. But I found it very difficult to rely, you know, when I have a, a, an invested, an investment in an answer to rely on that answer for myself. Uh, you know, I think that, that we, we as individuals, if we learn to use our intuition, we do tend to sense the patterns of the market. Um, I think it's hard to do individual move by individual move. I always tell people, if you are not a trader, if you are not a fund manager, especially, or even if you are, let someone else handle your money so you don't have a pony in the race. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used my intuition to to pick a woman um, who invests my funds. And I picked her when she was still at um, at this company, like fresh out of school. And I thought, okay, she's smart and she's intuitive and she's logical. She's not going to go on a way, you know, if she hasn't had a sandwich, she's not going to worry that the market's going to crash. And, uh, and I say, pick someone you trust uh, and go with them for yourself. Every once in a while, I will from left field when I'm not, again, when I'm not looking for it, I'll think, oh, I should buy some of this. And, Mm -hmm. and it is, you know, it's, it's good, but I don't, I don't look for it. You know, yeah. I like to use my intuition for other companies because I don't, I don't have bias. It's so, yeah. it's really a lot of work to, you know, use your intuition for yourself. 
on Instagram every morning, I have people come on and write questions or goals at home and other people use their intuition to answer them without knowing the question. And that's a wonderful way. Intuition works best in the absence of information. Yeah. You know, so the fact that I did not even know, you know, I've maybe been to a bank three times by the time I worked in the financial markets, um, that was a plus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I understand uh, you have a book called The Circle, which talks about wishing and the power of wishing and how that can transform someone's life. And you have a group on Instagram that may be working with that material. What have you found as people are working with your material together? You know, well, more than, I mean, I do use the word wishing, but more than that, it's, it, it's setting a goal. Cause one thing you learn when you train intuition is that you're getting intuitive information all the time. It's that you don't know what to apply it to. Once you have goal, which is the first element in the circle, then all of the sudden, your perspective shifts and the information that you get applies to your goal as opposed to all of those old subconscious goals that keep us recreating the same things over and over again, both in business and in life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think we, we, separate, um, we separate business from life or from love, but really a, a clean dynamic that is productive is a clean dynamic in every field. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also mentioned that you don't think of yourself as a psychic. So, but you talk about telepathy and mediumship. And I was wondering about the Claire's, Claire audience and sentience and um, all of that. Is that the same thing in your estimate of intuition as well? Yeah, Does it come from the same place? Great question. No one's ever asked me that that way. The Claire's Claire audience, Claire sentience, et cetera, et cetera. Um, don't ever remember them all. <laughs> really what intuition is, it's an extension of all of your senses and our senses, it's the way we get information in time and space. Mm-hmm. So it's being able to bring your sight a month ahead, bring your sense into a company at a specific time or place, um, bring your senses and allow you to be somebody else and then even move that around in time. So it it is the same. The, the real difference, I think, in my practice is that I think a lot of what we call psychic, and it's not that it's not useful, it is, um, is, not, is not provable. You're taking it on faith that these words are meaningful and that these ideas are important. And I think that it's very important to have an evidence-based practice as well. Um, so to have a practice where you you use intuition to get data, you verify that data. Nobody's 100%. If every anyone tells you they are, they're you know an awful scary person to run away from. Um, but I think it's really important to get data. We need it. We need the right information in life. We are flooded by information, the internet and other places, even in our schooling, information and bias. But we don't have a good sorting system in place. And that's what intuition is. Right. And that's what you offer in the exercises in your books. Right? Yes. Yes. My books are all trainings because back when I started in the early 90s writing about intuition, it was like, oh, you're an intuitive? Tell me your name. And I realized that explaining intuition really didn't help people. Putting people in situations where they were intuitive and got data, there was no way they could have known for themselves and others. Then 
you know, you go you go into a, a company and you're right. You don't have to have them believe in intuition. Mm-hmm. They want what's right. They want to compete. Yeah. And so why do you think some people, I wonder, are born more open intuitively or open psychically than others? Does it have anything to do with vibration? Does it just have to do with maybe the work they're supposed to be doing in the world? You know, I see that obviously your work and and what you're doing to help others really revolves around this gift that you were very connected to at an early age and stayed connected to. I um I have a little bit of a different perspective. I mean, I have two. I have a mother and two siblings who have suicided. Um, and my great aunt actually was one of the first uh, um, intentional overdoses ever mm. in history. And really, the ability to move around in time and space when you're young comes from. Uh, brain injury comes from trauma and if you are lucky enough to survive it which i was then you get a gift and one of my favorite little posters that i put up on instagram is your pathology can be your potential so i i have uh, adhd i've had head injuries um intentional and unintentional i've you know i've i've had a i had a lot of trauma growing up that my siblings didn't survive but my my mobility my in a sense my my innate brain injury the adhd the lack of being able to orient in time and space saved my life and gave me a gift because what intuition will do is when something is above your pay grade you know when you're four years old and you don't know what to do intuition just moves you there as long as you have a goal and the goal is obviously for survival Mm -hmm. or warmth or food Mm -hmm. you know um so i'm i'm a i'm a lucky victim and i think it doesn't work that way for everyone and i really want to remind people and especially of women who I, I think it's fair to say that women often have a history of of trauma in, in very specific um, and sometimes ways that are very shaming and hard to talk about. And I, 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 I really want to encourage women to say, okay, yes, the trauma is there, but, but if I go underneath it, what has it given me? And now how do I make that work for me? Because I think we as women work a little too hard on being better people, being nicer, being friendlier, being prettier, and not on just feeling better, right? you know, and not yeah. on just, you know, thriving and surviving. Yeah. I love how um, it's always my most generous students who are working hard to be good people. I'm like, you're already a good person. Forget about it. Work hard on your survival, mm-hmm. on thriving, on the wonderful idea you have, on the novel that's lying on the table. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think um, I can totally relate to that because I uh, myself had very difficult childhood experiences and, you know, right up until five years ago when I, my whole life changed and I know I wouldn't be here. I know I wouldn't have even the idea of like creating this business if I hadn't been through everything I went through, needed to heal everything that I went through. And so I'm grateful in many ways for 
the pain and the trauma because it led me to where I am and and really gave me the desire to want to get other women there too, you know? Like we live in a world where people aren't really necessarily delving in deep, you know, and so many find other ways of coping that aren't the healthiest of ways. And I like some of those too. But it yeah, is, it is well, the idea <laughs> of the wounded healer, you know, I especially when I was younger. Now there's a body of work that my students know who I actually am before they go into class. But when I was younger, there was kind of the desire, both with the researchers and students, to make me into Guru Maharaji Day. And <laughs> there, there would be shock at how unspiritual um, I was in the sense of, uh, you know, I feel like we're here to master the world. And we do that in community. Because mm. if you believe in spirit, we're all one energy anyway. We don't have to work hard to be more spiritual. Right. You know, but we do thriving, surviving. Maybe we all have a little bit of an edge where we're hardwired for that. Thriving is is hard. And I think it's it's a really important concept that that each person in their way is here to thrive. And the spiritual journey is really learning how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um Absolutely. And I, I can relate to, I think I heard in one reading that I was surviving, not thriving, and I'm, I'm getting closer. <laughs> but, you know, I'm getting closer. We're all in progress. And I think that's very important. I always tell my students, I teach this because I was so messed up, so traumatized, so all over the place, you know, so unextraordinary in so many normal human ways that I had to find the answers or like my siblings, I wouldn't have survived. Yeah. And, and I think that that is, that is the concept of the wounded healer is that we, we, we take our injury and because we want to thrive, we are required to make something of it. And it is actually the most messed up amongst us who are the best teachers in the long run. Mm. Well, I know I don't want to take up all your time, especially since we have some more questions to answer later. But I did want to ask, I had looked through a lot of the exercises in your book and I thought, oh, this will be so much more fun to do in Laura's boot camp. So um, what does that look like? Is it in person or is it online or a combination of both? And how long do the classes run for? And is there level one, two, three? I don't level one, two, three, <laughs> because some people um, are great intuitives when they come into boot camp, need a little organization. And what they really need is two years of therapy to be able to do it competently. Because once again, natural intuitives like myself are that way, usually because of genetics and injury. Um, not always the healthiest people. But boot camp uh, evolves. So now boot camp is really a mentoring program. It's a it's an intensive, uh, four intensive classes, and then I just it becomes a community. People come over and meet at my house the, mm -hmm. informally. Uh, when I'm in Paris, I post I'm in Paris at this restaurant, and boot campers want to meet. So it becomes a community, oh, and wow. people people who want more training repeat boot camp. It's always different. It's not fun. It's a lot. It's very intense. It's a lot of work. It's a it's a big reveal. Um, it's, it is definitely not, uh, it's powerful, but it's definitely not fun. I warn people actually mm -hmm. on the description because it, intuition is, is precise and it, it hits exactly what you don't want to see and it gives you the tools to work with it. 
but change is, is hard. And, and I'll probably repeat this later because I think it's such an important concept. But a lot of times, you know, people on Instagram or students will say, I'm out of balance. And I'm like, well, yeah, you decided to make a change. Your old balance doesn't fit. Yeah. And yet, you know, the most vulnerable time for skin shedders is between the shedding of the old skin and the toughening of the new skin. So I think it's really important that we do have our Gaia goddesses, that we do have our communities for protection when we're in those in-between times. And then we can become the protectors right. in between skins. Right. And and we can complain about things together and share those experiences, the highs and the lows. You're right. It's not, change is not easy, um, but it's worthwhile, I found, anyway. Well, we have no choice. Yeah. You know? yes. <laughs> we, there is no choice. We are, we are constantly changing. And so... Uh, embracing it, which I'm not particularly good at. Um, I When they change the packaging on my favorite cheese, it unsettles me for a while. <laughs> but uh, because so much is, is, you know, mobile in my world. But change is inevitable. And so embracing what you have no choice about is probably a pretty good technique. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for you. coming this evening and uh, agreeing to speak on the panel. I'm really excited about tonight and sharing well, it with thank you. Thank you for putting this all together. Oh. This is, I know that the people watching can't see this beautiful room, but if it's any indication of the things you're planning, I really want to be part of them. It's just, it's magical and, 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 and it's, it's, it's how the womb should be for adults. <laughs> well, I would love for you to be a part of it. So I hope the listeners will hear many more discussions between us and maybe a class that you offer or an event or whatnot. There's so much coming down the road. Thank you for being a part of it, Laura. It was so much fun having you with us today. And we'd love you to join us for classes, events, and retreats. You can connect with us on GaiaGoddessLifestyle.com to check out our free content and sign up for our newsletter.